Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Mask doesn't know what it's getting into. We'll be right back. Well, before we get into Masked Mayhem episode 12, I, TFG, on my glass week in the editing process, forgot to include Bruce's words. So here are some words of wisdom from Bruce Sato from last week's episode. What's that? He who laughs at quicksand should be sure of his own feet. We've got to get to the root of this fast. There is no journey unless the first step is taken. Uh, right. We're leaving immediately, Matt. If at first you don't succeed, drop a magnetic bomb. Now back to mask and venom. This is Steve Joe and Mike, and welcome to the Mayhem. This is Masked Mayhem, episode 12. And with me, as always, is my Rhino co-pilot, Optimus Solo. Hello. Good day. Uh, in this episode of Masked Mayhem, we'll be giving you our thoughts on episodes 28, Blackout, and episode 29, A Matter of Gravity. What the hell is a Transformers character doing in this episode? Oh. How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> so buckle up and enjoy the ride. Our dream machine is almost ready for the big time. And I've given it a suitable name for its debut, Blackout. Well, what if opening night's a bomb? Nothing's lost. I never paid the Japanese inventor the two million for making it. That guy sure got a yen for money. Get it? A yen for money. <laughs> we get it, knucklehead. As you know, the blackout can suck up electricity from any object or machine. So I've had our vehicle specially insulated. Blackout can also shoot a high voltage blast, destroying almost anything. You mean it's a dead end for anything that stands in our way. Then why are we taking a coffee break? Because we have to make one more collection of power. Here we go, Blackout. Take it away with the plot. All right, another trip to Japan. This Ugh, time on the God. super... What? Nothing. And this time on the super bullet train that Matt helped fund, of course. Um, <laughs> then there's a big power outage. Uh, 
that is caused by venom or a blackout, if you'd like to say that. Um, the train is taken out of commission until it can be cleared because they're not sure if it had something to do with the blackout. And then we see this new vehicle unveiled for venom that they're going to use in this episode, which is appropriately named blackout. Um, and then all the Venom vehicles we learn are been specially insulated to be protected from Blackout's uh, abilities to basically electrically charge everything and short everything, etc. Now, Venom needs one last power stock, so they're going to get some more power from a different place. Um, meanwhile, Mask is investigating to try to clear the bullet train, and they see Venom. So then we have a real quick showdown just between Thunderhawk and Blackout. T-Bob gets knocked out. Uh, Matt's in trouble after losing out to Blackout. And then we have another commercial cliffhanger. But uh, that gets solved real quick after the commercial. And he's got to assemble a mask team. That was funny because like, somebody asked him something. And he's like, but right now I've got to assemble the mask team. Yes. Uh, Transport arrives with the mask team, which includes Matt, Alex, Bruce, and Gloria for once. Um, Mass tracks down the builder of the blackout who was supposed to get $2 million to build this but never got paid so then they come up with a plan to overload blackout using a horseshoe uh, formation and T-Bob as the conductor so T-Bob's going to be part of the plan we have our Mass Venom showdown Mass sets up the horseshoe trap and T-Bob saves the day by funneling all of their power that they harness from blackout back to it and destroying it um, and we have the regular four Venom members, so it was four on four this episode. So what did you think about the plot for Blackout? Okay, we've got a couple of plot notes here. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I guess there's a plot here, right? If there is, someone please explain it to me, because it is never said why Venom is draining the energy. Uh, Mayhem never says it's to ransom the country's energy supply or that they'll use it to fuel their own evil ways. No explanation is bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they're, they're using it to fuel blackouts so it can be a supercar, but they don't really mention why they're going to use Like, Are they just going to try to take out Mask once and for all? Yeah, they don't. They say why they're using blackout, but they don't say why. They say how they're using blackout, but they don't say what the whole plan is at all. Right. Uh, Japan and bullet train, yay, give me locomotive any day. Um, I'm so sick of Astro Train being a bullet train. Uh, so Matt tells Scott and T-Bob to hide in the hangar, which they do to a point, and then they are out standing on some barrels. T-Bitch loses his balance, falls, and is offline. Part of the plot in this is Matt is knocked out. There was a gas tanker, it explodes, and a trail of fire is headed for Matt, and it overturned Thunderhawk. Scott keeps trying to wake T-Bitch for like five damn minutes. And he finally opens his dome and fixes him because Matt is too heavy for Scott to pull away from the fire by himself. Okay, I can understand that, that, that Matt being too heavy for Scott, but the fact that you're not running to find another masked team member to help you versus trying to wake your dumbass robot? Which, by the way, you've mentioned... Three or four times, actually way more than that. You you mentioned a dozen times that T Bob's not human, so he can't be sleeping. <laughs> well, he was knocked offline, and there's a different. <laughs> I know, but it's just funny that he used the word "wake up," and I yeah. just wanted to be Scott. He can't yeah, wake yeah, up. He's exactly. not sleeping. Uh, this just proves my point that Scott was the worst '80s kids, worst '80s kid in cartoons ever. He just is. That yeah, uh, that uh, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the plot? 
I mean, I don't mind the plot if there was, like you said, an explanation for what the ultimate goal of having Blackout was going to be. Um, if it's just we're just souping it up so we can have a super duper car to help us in our everyday mis uh, everyday you know action, I guess I could maybe buy that. But they still just don't really. It's kind of it's a cool car. It's a cool idea that they're harnessing power and that it can do all this stuff. And that they're protected against it because they've insulated their other vehicles. But, yeah, we need a long-term, like, what was the purpose? Yeah. And my whole spiel there probably could have been a low beam. But since it's plot-centric, since Matt could have possibly died, that's why I put it in the, um, here in the thoughts on the plot. Because it was so fucking stupid. Here's one king-sized thunderstorm to ruin your parade. What's going on? They're absorbing its power! I'm glad I didn't pay for this thing. We're gonna turn on the high beams. Uh, I only have three. Uh, <laughs> I only have three high beams and I have one low beam when we get to it, but uh, Blackout looks freaking awesome. I actually thought it was a new Venom vehicle or something. I thought it was a new vehicle that someone was going to be using yeah. in, in the future. No. Uh, it was cool looking, though. Yes. Uh, <laughs> fork in the toaster reference. <laughs> Scott points it out. He's like, T-Bob, don't you remember that time you put the fork in the toaster? Oh, I didn't miss that. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. So we see the transport jet in full view, not just passing over. Now, we have seen both um, this week and last week, we've seen the transport jet a number of times. I do like that because it's not just, oh, the vehicles are just here. Right. Uh, I mean, it's only, what, a two-second extra thing of animation to put in there? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, that, you know, that two seconds takes, like, you know, 40 different drawing styles to get the animation done. Or not drawing styles, but, like, drawing points mm -hmm. to get that animation done. But that's better than just having no explanation of how the vehicles got to fucking Japan in the first place. Uh, what about you for uh, high beams? I have one like you, like, with all, always hearing a quote and seeing a reference to something else. At one point, they said the Stinger special. Uh, yeah. Um, I did like <laughs> that they actually included T-Bob in the, you know, he was playing a part to funnel the energy, so there was a reason for him to be there, um, and yeah. that they gave the whole, like, David and Goliath reference as far as him getting up the courage to go against Venom, since he's just a little guy in their organization type thing. I, I, I liked... Did, I did like that, but at the same time, I was hoping he would get electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, it looked like he was going to. Um, and yeah. I liked Miles' line when he, st when, uh... He had stolen Blackout, obviously, without paying for it, and then he's using it, and it wasn't working right, and he just says, I'm glad I didn't pay for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. T-Bob, are you okay? Wow, T-Bob, you are the best fireworks I ever saw. Yeah, I got a bang out of it, too. Getting into the low beams, I only have one. The bullet train is not the only reason we came to Japan. Venom is in the area. How the hell do you even know that, Matt? Does Mask have spy cameras that Venom doesn't know about? Now, I know we brought this up, but I know we brought it up in the past 11 episodes, but it just constantly, constantly grates on me 
that he just immediately knows that Venom is in the area. Like, there are some episodes where, you know, he'll use the computer to, like, search out in the area of people in the area, stuff like that. But when he just, when he or any of the other masked people, or when even when Scott or T-Bob say it, that they just immediately know. That just pisses me off to no end with this cartoon. Yeah, I can see that. My, my only big low beam that I pointed out while I was watching this was the the way that the episode ended. It was a very awkward and long ending. They they all are supposed to laugh at a joke, but they all instead of laughing, they just like have their eyes all closed, and then mm-hmm. they don't say anything and they don't laugh, and there's just music going on, but it goes on for like two minutes, like they needed time to fill, and they just like didn't do anything with it. It was just a very awkward way to end the episode. Um, yeah. So I didn't like that. Um, I mean, there's little pl- plots here, plot points here and there, like we've already pointed out, so I don't need to repeat those. They must have created the crystals from the coal with the gravity weapon, then took only the best ones. But what do they want with them? Extraordinary! This is the hardest substance I've ever seen. This is Matt. Finding any answers down there? Sorry, Matt. Just more questions. Then I'll keep scanning for those gravity waves. It's our only hope of finding mayhem. And finally up today is a matter of gravity. Take it away with the plot. It's train day here at the Math Mayhem. Um, it's the Math Mayhem. What's the, what's the Math Mayhem? First we had our bullet train, and now we have a regular train involved here right from the beginning. The train's getting destroyed. It's getting crumpled like a pop can, getting crushed. Uh, Scott sees it on the news and then runs and shows Matt and Hondo what happened. Uh, T-Bob keeps getting food in his face. A little side story there. Um, and we find out that the coal has been stolen from the train. Matt, Scott, Hondo, and T-Bob then travel to the Philadelphia Mint to, to uh, discover things or to investigate things. Scott wants to go because he wants to uh, do some studying for a research paper or something that he has to do, project of some sort. Yeah, some school project. Uh, T-Bob and Scott find a giant diamond. The computer analyzes the diamond or the crystal Um we see electromagnetic ripples that start disrupting T-Bob. Matt sees him through his spectrum. Um, they find more crystals. And there's a two-on-two showdown between Mask and Venom. Hondo is getting crushed in his car. We go to commercial break. They're doing a lot of cliffhangers and commercials lately. Um, we'll talk more about Hondo and his car here in a minute. Mask mm-hmm. regroups and assembles the team. It's one of the long assembly montages where the masks come down and everything. Um, Mass still with no answers to solve the crystal mystery. Scott is working on his report. Meanwhile, while he's doing that, Venom tries to rob the Philadelphia Mint. Um, the Venom cars are all crystallized, like a shield of crystal, basically a force field type thing. And then we have our full showdown. Before we were just two on two, now we have the full Mask and Venom teams going off against each other. Alex is meanwhile trying to find weaknesses in the vehicles. He does, and Mask one by one takes the vehicles out, and then Matt takes the gravity ray out. Um, and then we are left with the unveiling of Night Stalker, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, the Venom agents on this one, just Vanessa, Cliff, Miles, was Sly not in this one? I don't think so, no. So we've had one episode last week where Cliff wasn't in it, this one Sly wasn't in it, and, uh, for the good guys we had Matt, Hondo, Bruce, Alex, and Gloria, so five of them. I mean, come on. Rax needs a break every now and then because, uh, I mean, look at all the shit the guy goes through. That's I mean, true. You know, chased by pandas, you know, in- in- encased by vines, blown Cats. up from from what whatever 
contract, you know, dude needs vacation some somehow. <laughs> um, my only note as far as the plot is really weird though. Like the whole scenery change. Yes, I know they say they're in Philly and they show they're in Philly, but then they're out in the woods in the middle of fucking nowhere. I swear, during that time, I thought at one point they were in a foreign, like they went from Philadelphia to a foreign country because it doesn't, like it didn't look like, to me it didn't look like woods that would be here in North America. I don't know, it just, it looked really weird. Yeah. I kind of like all the combinations of we got our train and then we're dealing with the coal, which is being used to make the crystals and the crystals are being used for different things. I mean, I know it's kind of like a little bit might seem like everywhere, like it's going here, there and everywhere, but I kind of liked all the different like aspects to how they were using each thing for another purpose type thing. Yeah, Um, I, I did too. And the crystallized cars were cool. Yes, they were. Until they shattered. I'm glad everyone is fine. Personally, I happen to feel like a garbage can lid. Turning on the high beams. Uh, I'll let you go this time. Because I've, I've got a few, but they're not like... Whatever. Uh, what do you got for high beams? There's a couple cool lines. Um, I like it when at one point Scott says he says something and he finishes it with all right. And Matt's like, all wrong, kiddo. <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. Um, I like when Vanessa points out, she goes to talking to Cliff, she says, nice move, Dagger, first time I've seen you do something right. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was funny. <laughs> Cliff is always the one screwing stuff up. Um, I think the environmental people are going to be up in arms on this one because Hondo killed a tree. <laughs> he took out a tree. Um, T-Bob was hilarious when he was scrunched up. When he was in his scrunched up form with his higher pitch voice, yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, we finally see Mask Headquarters for the first time in what seems like forever. Yeah, Boulder Hill. Yeah. yeah. Scott actually was working on his report and not getting involved on purpose for once. Thank so God. They've, they've had some better ways of involving Scott lately. Um, yes. Scott actually yells at T-Bob for using so many puns in this episode. <laughs> it's like the writers for this episode had just watched the previous episodes and were like, we got to address this. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many puns being used. Um, bolas for the win. Gotta, gotta, gotta like good use of bolas. Oh, yeah, yeah, Coming out of the car and, and crack, cracking the diamond or the crystallized shields on the other cars. Right, yeah. Um, I like when Matt, I don't know if this is good or bad for a leader, but Matt is, uh, basically doling out roles for everybody and, and giving everybody something to do in the mission. And then at the end, he's like, did I leave anyone out? <laughs> I thought it was funny that he said that, but as a leader, you really shouldn't, you know, if you left somebody out or not. Yes, um, should. I love that Miles was out of shape because he was running, and they, they like, emphasized his heavy breathing. Yes, they do. <laughs> He's, like, out of shape and bad. Um, and my final and most important high beam is we didn't just reassemble the same car here. We've had a new car built for Hondo. Yes, yes. And the Night Stalker... Although at first didn't look cool, when they showed it at the at the very end shot, looks pretty yeah, cool. Looks pretty damn cool, yeah. So I like uh, that they didn't just say like, "Oh, here's a new replica of your old car," like they have for Thunderhawk and every yeah. other car. Yeah, uh, that was like one of my last high beams. So I'll, I'll talk about that now. Yeah, I love the I love the way the Night Stalker looks, um, and I'm glad that they finally gave him a decent helmet. <laughs> Instead of just a pair of goggles. God, that was the worst helmet ever that he had before. <laughs> uh, 
T-Bob gets smacked twice while trying to bring Scott his lunch. T-Bob, <laughs> the butler. Um, incredibly shrinking T-Bob. <laughs> I did like that. I thought that was funny. Uh, Bruce swims for it. And, and while Bruce is swimming for it, we find out that in his secret life, Alex is a bubble bather. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, damn. The crystal coated vehicles are destroying the mask team. Yikes. That's not good. Uh, That's true. Yeah. What a trashy message, but so true. After all, small soldiers lost their limbs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just yeah, went there. I'm pulling references all over the place, yeah. What's wrong with you? It's that gravity force. I can feel it in my gyros. I've got to escape. I'll be squashed again. I don't believe it. I just left Philadelphia, and now I'm reading the gravity weapon there. Let's move it. Venom, they're going to rob the mint. Let's turn on the low beams. What do you got? I really only had one that I wrote down during this episode. I know you're going to have plenty, so that's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just don't like how they really never explain how Hondo got out of his car. His car is getting crushed. It does the whole like cliffhanger thing going into the commercial break. Like, how is he going to get out? He's getting crushed. He's, right. And then he's just out of the car. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of messed up. So what do you have? Oh, boy. Here we go. Why the hell does Matt just leave Scott and T-Bitch to their own devices? He knows they never listen. Uh, okay, do Scott and T-Bob... Uh, okay, so Scott and T-Bob are driving where? I know Matt told them to go back to the train tracks, but they are in the middle of nowhere out in the woods. That's true. I mean, as in that scene, as they're driving, nowhere do you see, oh hey, the train tracks are 50 feet or 100 yards or 100 feet ahead of us, or they're 100 feet to the left, or they're 500 feet to the right. At no point in time, I mean, it's it's almost like they were trying to create a stock animation scene of them driving in the woods. That just, no. No, not a fan. It occurs to me that no one in this episode has looked up to see where the damn beam is coming from. (laughs) And then after Hondo is nearly crushed to death, Matt thinks to use his scanners. Seriously. Uh, Too many bad puns in this one as well. Um, uh, How did the team get there so fast? Yikes. No explanation, damn it. So T-Bob wants to get away from the gravity weapon so he can, so he doesn't get smushed again. This is, then why does he go outside right in front of the damn ray and get squished again? Yeah. Plus he looks right up at Switchblade. I swear to God, T-Bob walked out, outside, he gets, he, he looks up, sees Switchblade, and then he gets squished. <laughs> oh my God. I liked it though because it made him in his funny voice again. Yeah, you know the one thing I noticed about this week's episode and last week's episode, we still have yet to bring up the writers. Oh yeah. (laughs) 
Oh well, next week. <laughs> we will Keep eventually. Keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. Um, so I guess that's it for low beams, right? Yep, that's all I had for this one. All right, we're gonna head to some commercial breaks and other audio, and we'll be back after that. Hold on, there's a battle we have to tend to. Be right back. Welcome to a collaboration between the GeekCast Radio Network and the Pop Culture Network. This is From the Command Center, the podcast. I am your host, TFG and Mike from the GCRN, and joining me is Zordon himself. Uh, oh, wait. I mean, Scotty Cash. That's right. Scotty Cash from the Pop Culture Network. And today, we're introducing you to the audio version of From the Command Center, the podcast that will entail our intake on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the episodes, the seasons, and all that other good stuff. Matt, I have one idea. Perhaps the ugly one cannot bear to see its own face. Great, Bruce. One idea is all it takes. You can now hear the GeekCast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear GeekCast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter GeekCast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code GeekCast Radio when you register. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Talk about a tight spot. Nice move, Dagger. First time I've ever seen you do something right. 2012 marks the 30th anniversary for Masters of the Universe. We here at the GCRN are celebrating with a brand new series of podcasts. The Powers of Grayskull series will cover every episode of every MOTU cartoon. Yes, even that crappy new adventure stuff. Join Optimus Solo and TF2 and Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, and finally masters of Grayskull. You can find the Pogs podcasts in iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Good journey. Hey, Chuck. Hey, what's up, Ryan? You know how we talked about doing a podcast? We'll have some ideas run past you. Yeah, what do you got? I thought we should base it on comics. Well, there's thousands of podcasts about comics. You kind of want to narrow it down a bit. Well, what about Star Wars? Still, there's a ton of those out there. What else you got? We could always do G.I. Joe comics. There's still a ton of those out there. What about the 80s franchises? There's already a few of those as well. Then let's forget about comics. Let's focus on toys and action figures. Dude, then we're back to thousands of podcasts. Well, is anyone covering all those things I mentioned in one podcast? No one would be crazy enough to do that. Then that's what we'll do. Are you serious? Yep. Come and listen to Star Joe's podcast. You can find us at StarJoe's.com or find us on iTunes. Yeah, we cover comics, t- TV shows, and movies based on Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and all your 80s favorite franchises. And don't forget about the toys. Uh, how can we forget about the toys? We also do tour reviews to help you decide what to add to your collection. So come listen to Star Joe's, where we hold nothing back, provide quality entertainment, and remember, the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. Yo, Joe! 
we got them. Now back to the show. So getting into our overall thoughts before that, we're going to talk about the two PSAs this week. You got uh, never ride two on a bike and never stick hands in a garbage disposal. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love that the two kids like are riding the bike. They fall and they crash or whatever, and they get up. And then Scott, who is noticeably younger than the two kids, starts telling them what to do. Well, you Scott is a bossy bastard. He would have just, so. just got his ass kicked. Yes, he would have. Like, hey, older guys, don't ride two on a bike. What little kid? Boom. Yeah, exactly. And well, then never stick your hands in the garbage disposal. That's just funny. I mean, it, it, it is true. I was always afraid of garbage disposals. Yeah. As a kid. All right, so um, Blackout, what do you give it? Um, I liked parts of it. I liked the look of Blackout, but... There was just something just not quite right, so I had to give this one a three. For me, I liked, I liked, I love Blackout. I love the whole car design of it, the whole vehicle. Um, but the overall plot is the fact that there is no overall plot because there's no fucking explanation of why they're doing the shit that they're doing. I gave it a two out of five. Okay. Uh, what about Matter of Gravity? I really couldn't find, I mean, I'm not saying this is like my favorite episode ever or anything like that, but I really couldn't find a lot of stuff to to critique and negative aspects of this episode. So I'm, I'm forced to give it a four just because I didn't, there wasn't stuff I disliked, plus uh, Night Stalker was cool. Uh, Night Stalker was cool, and I do love that they, you know, instead of rehashing, as you said, the old vehicle... That they gave him a new one. I do love that. That still does not take away from the horribleness of T. Bob. I love T. Bob in this episode. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm sorry. The plot line of T. Bob looking up, seeing Switchblade, and then knowing he's gonna get squished again. Yeah. That's just T. Bob would know better than that. Whoever was writing this episode apparently hadn't seen a lot of the other episodes because usually T. Bob learns from his lessons for the most part. Even though I don't like him, there are some times where he will do something once. Like, take, um, what, what was it? The, um, oh god, the insectoid episode. Um, the night, uh, god, uh, Nightcrawlers? The Rotex. Okay. The bug episode. You know which one I'm mm-hmm. talking about. He gets attacked by these things, and next thing you know, he's building like a brick house. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he learns from the kind of stuff, and it's like, this episode, whoever was writing it, again, we're you know we're not looking that stuff up at this point in time. We will eventually, hopefully, by next episode, probably not. But um, it's it just the overall plot and the way that, even though I'm not a fan of T. Bob, just the way that his characterization is in this episode just makes it suck. So it's a two out of five for me. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, anything else that you want to add before we close out? Um, you know, I thought they were decent episodes. I thought both of them were entertaining to a point. I thought both cars that were used, Blackout and Night Stalker, that were shown were cool. Um, so I didn't really have too much of a problem with either one of these episodes. Not like my favorite episodes overall, but I, I didn't hate them. So Thank you for being part of Mass Mayhem today. If you'd like to get in contact with us, leave feedback for the show. There are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where we are now hosted by a brand new host called Site5. Very awesome of them. Uh, you can also comment on any, each and every one of the episode posts. Send uh, email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Thank you to everyone who has left us iTunes feedback. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's at geekcastradio minus gfg one mike and his is Optimus Solo. 
Uh, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcastradionetwork. Call the voicemail line. Tell us to show you leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mass Ma'am, And don't forget to join us in our next crusade when we will be discussing episodes 30, 30 31, and 32. Which are... The Lost Riches of Rio, Deadly Blue Slime, and The Currency Conspiracy. Oh my. For now, I am TFG1 Mike with... Optimus Solo. And remember, podcasting is the ultimate weapon. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. 